Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. And excuse my slightly croaky voice, (laughs) I haven't actually spoken to anyone apart from you guys yet today. So I'm sure it's going to improve as I start talking more. So people-pleasing eating disorders, something that's very close to my heart. Anyone that listens to this podcast will know that I have suffered in the past from people-pleasing behaviours, and it's something I'm still working on to this day. Although I've been free from my eating disorder, thankfully, for many years. Now, of course, people-pleasing behaviours are not unique to someone suffering from an eating disorder. However, it's something that is seen in many people with eating disorders, and I see it many, many times in the therapy room. Now, generally, people with eating disorders are kind and sensitive souls who care a great deal about other people's feelings. So if you're listening to this, you might relate to this, and you may be a huge empath, very tuned in to your fellow humans, so good at reading body language and sensing how someone around you is doing emotionally. Now, of course, being tuned into your emotions, being tuned into the emotions of others is a valuable life skill and helps forge relationships and strong connections. However, if you're people-pleasing, you're tuning into others at a personal cost to yourself. So rather than a healthy balance of empathy towards others and empathy and understanding towards yourself, if you're people-pleasing, you probably ignore your own needs and focus on meeting the needs of those around you. And if you live your life like this, it can come at huge personal cost. So I looked up a couple of definitions of people-pleasing. So the Cambridge Dictionary says, someone who cares a lot about whether other people like them and always wants others to approve of their actions. So gosh, even just saying that out loud, what an incredible feat that would be to achieve. Because it's just impossible, isn't it, to please everyone in the world. And if you become very adept at pleasing someone, you're probably going to really upset someone else in the process. It's just impossible. Looking at the Psychology Today website, a people pleaser is a person who has an emotional need to please others, often at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. So the tricky thing is that somewhere along the way, people pleasers decide that everyone else's needs are more important than their own. They put themselves on the back burner in their own lives. And then the costs are huge because people pleasers often end up feeling resentful, dissatisfied and depressed. And I know definitely true for me that I used to feel a great deal of resentment. Although if you had asked me in the moment if I was feeling resentful, I was probably quite cut off from that feeling. If you'd asked me, I would have been, oh, no, I'm, I'm just completely happy to be doing whatever I'm doing. Of course, I want to do whatever I'm pleasing others with. So I was quite disconnected from that resentment and anger that I was carrying around, although it was really very, very close to the surface. So you might identify with that a little bit yourself. So as I've said, there are huge costs to people pleasing, even though it can feel very safe and known. So if you're a people pleaser, you might be dealing with a resentment and fallout of pleasing. But I know this is something I really struggled from. See if you relate. It often felt preferable to maybe feel angry or resentful rather than feeling irrational, but very real guilt 
of honouring my own feelings in the mix. So I think that guilt is something that can be such a huge barrier to change. And I think if you notice that you feel guilty a lot when you're trying to set your own boundaries, when you're starting to express your own needs, it's probably because somewhere in your early life, it wasn't possible for you to do that. You know, maybe the environment you were in wasn't very safe for you being able to express your own needs. So when you actually go and do that as an adult, it kind of feels wrong and you then feel guilty. But a helpful first step is to start to recognise actually that's kind of irrational guilt. Of course, we need to feel guilty as humans in some instances. It stops us probably murdering people or doing really terrible things. But if you are feeling guilty for having your own voice, for honouring your own needs and feelings and what's right for you, then that is a bit problematic, you know. So it's helpful to start recognising that that guilt, although it's still going to probably come for quite a while, I sometimes still feel guilty when I'm trying to set boundaries, is realising that actually that's probably sort of childhood guilt, irrational guilt, possibly trauma guilt, and you don't always need to listen to it. So people-pleasing normally develops as a survival strategy when you're a child, It's a way to feel safe and secure in your environment. And it can happen for all kinds of reasons. So if you recognise that people around you are struggling emotionally, you may have really learned to be the good child, to keep harmony and smooth everything over, not wanting to burden others. Maybe you had a parent or a sibling who emotionally needed a lot of support and attention. Maybe you had a friend or friendship group where you didn't feel secure or liked. Maybe you identified as the good child and didn't want to cause your parents any upset or distress. Perhaps they were dealing with lots of other things already. So maybe for whatever reason, you feared disapproval or conflict and people-pleasing felt safe and known to you. You know, I think when we are very sensitive, empathetic people, we don't like conflict with the world. Sometimes people-pleasing can be a survival strategy to avoid that conflict and just to try to keep harmony and keep ourselves safe. I guess there can be multiple reasons and it's likely a complex interplay of your genetics and your environment. So the problem is that once you take on people-pleasing roles and behaviours in your childhood or teen years, it can become part of your identity and then the people-pleasing cycle perpetuates itself. So if you become very used to showing up in a conditional way to please others, then what they tend to do, people around you, of course, they'll give you approval and you'll avoid conflict. And then you feel that you have to maintain this people-pleasing persona to be liked. Then what happens is you start to lose yourself. You lose your own thoughts and feelings. You don't really know who you are anymore. And then when you've really lost that sense of self, all you know is your people-pleasing self and you just revert to that and the cycle continues. It can be really, really hard to exit from. I think when you're stuck in this cycle as well, a common thing that people will say to me sometimes is, you know, everything in my life is really great. Why do I not feel happy? Why do I not feel fulfilled? Why do I feel like something is off? And, you know, people pleasing could be part of this picture here, because if you are sort of showing up and everything seems happy on the surface, you're kind of going with the flow, you're meeting everyone's needs, you know, it all kind of seems very wonderful. But deep down, you've lost yourself. You don't know your own wants, needs, desires. You're going to feel really quite unfulfilled. And you will probably be feeling some level of anger and resentment, even if it is buried beneath the surface. So as I've said, 
I have struggled a lot with people pleasing. In the past, I spent a huge part of my life worrying about what others thought of me. And actually, if you could have seen a speech bubble above my head with all my thoughts and feelings in throughout the day, I mean, I wouldn't have really liked that, but I'm just saying if it could happen, you would have just seen how much of my time, how many of my thoughts were preoccupied with worrying about what others thought of me. And that was such a huge waste of thinking time, such a huge waste of emotional energy and did not help my well-being one bit. I used to value fitting in, being liked, putting others at ease, way above taking care of myself. I would always be the person that said yes and helped out. And I was very prepared to discard my own thoughts, feelings and opinions. And I didn't even really realise I was doing it. It was a survival strategy. It was almost like a default mechanism that I would do. And if I had a kind of glimmer of what I thought or felt about a situation, I would have found that really, really hard to trust that anyway. So it felt much more comfortable and easy to go with the people pleasing. And in terms of perpetuating this cycle, I used to sort of outsource my worth and my decision-making to everyone else. So if I came up against a life decision, I would instantly speak to several close friends in succession to get their advice on what I should do. Now, of course, when you ask for help, people are usually generous with their advice and want to dispense it. You know, in some ways in life, that could be really, really helpful. But obviously, if we're just listening to everyone else and not listening to ourselves, instead of that healthy balance of listening to others and listening to ourselves, we can go way off track. So what would happen is, well, I would speak to several different people, I'd hear the different feedback, I then feel really torn by all the different opinions that would inevitably come from different human beings. And then I'd also be really worried about pleasing all of them now. I had these different opinions and I'd be completely confused about my own point of view. So what a nightmare it was. Now, I had good reasons probably to use people pleasing as a survival strategy. Growing up, I learned that being the good child brought reward and acceptance. It also meant avoiding confrontation, judgment and criticism. And part of me also enjoyed taking on the people-pleasing role because it was safe. People didn't get to know the real me. I felt approved of and liked and I felt I could fit in anywhere. I knew how to twist myself to fit any situation if I needed to. However, you can see the costs. Although outwardly smiling and cooperative, who was I? Was I just simply a reflection of the world around me? Inwardly, I did feel angry and resentful that I was putting others first. And then I'd also feel guilty for feeling this. I would never express it. And of course, all these feelings were impossible to hide. They would often leak out in sudden outbursts of anger or through behaviour such as suddenly kind of cutting contact with someone or, you know, just making quite impulsive decisions. So it cost me relationships as others were often confused, you know, thinking that everything was fine and then suddenly realising that it was far from fine. And all this cocktail of emotions, because I felt I couldn't deal with them in a healthy and constructive way and I couldn't express them, I used to direct them inwards in very self-destructive ways again through eating disorder behaviours. Time for a short advertisement break. Friends, does it seem like I'm okay until I'm stressed, then I can't stop eating? Am I ever going to stop binging? I just can't slow down or relax. 
I can't tell my hunger and fullness even though I think I'm eating enough. I'm fine with food till something happens and then I'm restricting or emotional eating or not buying groceries again. I surround myself with body positive pictures, wearing more comfortable clothes, but I still can't stand my body and I fear gaining weight. You don't lack knowledge. You might just not have felt a sense of safety inside you for recovery efforts to fully land. This means you might be living in chronic fight, flight, freeze or please, and you need new experiences of the threat responses softening that cause the eating and body image issues in the first place so the recovery can actually stick. If you're seeking the missing piece in your food, weight and health recovery journey, consider trauma-informed nutrition counselling with Tracy Brown and Associates. Tracy can be reached at www.tracybrownrd.com slash get hyphen started. That's www.tracybrownrd.com slash get hyphen started to learn how to shift what has been too much or not enough inside for food to feel easy. So let's focus in a bit more on some of the costs of people pleasing. Number one. It's very conditional. You feel that people only like you if you behave, show up in a certain way. Other people's love or liking towards you feels very conditional on you being this person. This is because you're only showing them part of you. You are not wholeheartedly being yourself, so they don't get to know the full you. And it's a horrible perpetuating cycle because if you feel that you're only loved for being a certain way, then you'll tend to show less of yourself and continue the pleasing cycle. So it's very, very conditional. Number two, you're not real. Other people don't get the chance to know the real you. And you are quite controlling in your relationships, even if not intentionally. I think that's the important thing to say. You're assuming that other people won't like the whole you or will reject you, but you're not giving other people the chance to see you fully either. And they may well accept you much better than you realise. Because we've got to remember as well, although people-pleasing was a serving strategy in childhood, now we're adults, often the world is a bit different. And actually, you know, there are many people out there that you're going to be able to form healthy relationships with and who are going to be accepting of you. So if you don't tell people how you feel or what you think, they can't mind read. So, and I'm talking as well about being real in healthy relationships. Obviously, if you're in a toxic relationship, which is abusive or over-controlling in any way, you don't want to be showing up as the real you. Well, you ultimately do want to be showing up as the real you. It's the most healthy way. But I guess I'm just saying that I'm talking about being real here in healthy relationships. You don't want to be repeating perhaps that childhood cycle of showing up as the real you and then facing a lot of abuse or negative feedback, which is going to drive your people-pleasing behaviours further. Number three, you get angry. People-pleasing leads to a buildup of anger and resentment. You're at risk of all your feelings building up and exploding out one day, which can be very damaging for a relationship. You might find that you suddenly cut people off drastically or leave because it's all become too much due to a lack of open and honest communication. Number four, lack of authenticity. So people don't see you as genuine. Now, this is a really interesting one. It's something that I sometimes had feedback from others in regards to my behavior. People would say to me sometimes that I always seem to be smiling, but then they would also wonder 
if that was completely genuine and authentic. And partly it was, you know, I am quite a smiley person, but it wasn't fully me. You know, I am not someone that smiles all day, every day. (laughs) So I think other humans are good at picking up on signs that someone is not being authentic. So people pleasing tends to lead to confusing and conflicting messages. So for example, smiling in the moment, but then being late or avoiding someone because you're actually feeling angry towards them due to your people pleasing. So this was a huge motivator for me in trying to change because one of my highest values is authenticity and I didn't want to be showing up in an inauthentic way in my relationships. Number five, lack of respect. So when you're people pleasing, people don't respect you and that feels rubbish. Your relationships can lack respect, you get taken advantage of. If you don't communicate your needs, others may assume that all is well and it's very easy for someone who is naturally more assertive to be making decisions, taking the lead and maybe sort of like inadvertently just not taking any of your thoughts and feelings on board. And more worryingly, you may have someone in your life who is actively abusive or over-controlling and this can lead you down a very dark road. So really, really important here, you know, by not people pleasing, by being open and honest about our needs and wants and desires, we are going to have far healthier and more respectful relationships. And number six, the loss of self. Now, this was a massive one for me. When you people please all the time, you lose yourself entirely. You might be highly attuned to what your partner or your best friend or your parent thinks about a situation, but you may have no idea about your own wants, needs, thoughts and emotions. And when you've people pleased a lot, it's very challenging to know what you think about certain things or how you feel about them. You're so used to checking in with your environment before you make a decision. And this can lead to a profound sense of disconnection to yourself. I think I would just... So I've said in the past, I related to that so much. And that for me was probably the biggest cost of all. I didn't know who I was. I only knew who I was in relation to others. And that does not make you feel good. Okay, so now moving on to a really important part of the podcast is thinking about how do you stop people pleasing and begin to change this? I guess I just want to give you all hope that it's really possible, you know, as myself, being the biggest people pleaser or one of the biggest people pleasers out there. This is something I have worked on a lot and I'm so much better now at not people pleasing and getting a more healthy balance of being tuned into others, but also tuned into what I need to. So number one, listen to your heart. Okay. So that sounds a bit wiffly waffly, but I think, you know, you are the only person in your body, in your head, in your heart only you really know what is best for you. Other people can support and advise you and this can be really valuable. You can listen to the advice and you can take on board what sits with you. You know, it's a healthy thing to do to not live life in isolation and to be sometimes, you know, listening to wisdom from others. But when we listen to the wisdom of others, I think it's really important that we take what's helpful, but also we filter out the bits that perhaps aren't so helpful. Because I think with the best will in the world, no one else is inside your head. People can give advice with the best of intentions, but they don't really know the full situation and what is really right for you. So ultimately, you make your own decisions. And this can be really really scary to start with. And it's best to start with really small decisions that don't matter very much. So it might even be like, I don't know, what pair of socks am I going to wear today? I mean, that sounds a bit kind of flippant, doesn't it? 
I think it's about just making really small decisions and building that muscle of self-trust. So that finding your voice muscle is one that you need to flex regularly and simply give it a go to build it. And I think people are often worried about failing, getting it wrong. But actually, for most things in life, actually, it doesn't really matter that much. You know, I'm thinking today, I'm going to have scrambled eggs or peanut butter and banana on toast for lunch. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's lots of things that really don't matter that much in the bigger scheme of things. Okay. It might be walking a different route. It might be doing something in a different order. It might be what you're going to wear today. So start really, really small before you go into the more kind of complex areas. Second thing is free up space. What I mean is often if you're a people pleaser, you're spinning so fast on the hamster wheel of life that you never stop to think about what you actually want for yourself. So to listen to yourself, you need to have time away from people so you can learn to tune into your thoughts and feelings. And if you don't know how you feel about something, give yourself space to make a decision. You don't have to decide there and then. Now, I still find this hard sometimes because my natural reflex decision is to probably please and say yes without consideration of my own limitations and boundaries. So I often have to tell someone that will think about it, mull it over, tune into myself away from distractions, opinions and noise of the world and then get back to them. So I do that through when I have moments of, maybe if I'm driving in the car, I would deliberately sometimes not have music on, not have a podcast on, so I can just be in my thoughts and reflect on how I'm feeling about something. I might journal on it. I might think when I'm washing up or doing something else where I can be a bit mindless and allow my thoughts to wander a little bit. And sometimes you're not going to know straight away how you feel about something. And I think that's okay. You know, sometimes We have to see sort of how we're feeling perhaps over the course of a week or a month and start to notice when you tune in, are you starting to see a pattern? And once you start to listen to yourself more, you'll realise there's so much wisdom within you. There really, really is. But you just have been spinning so fast, you have never tapped into it before. Number three, what do you really enjoy doing? Go inwards and get to know yourself. So spend time getting to know yourself. What do you like doing? What lifts your energy and makes you feel joyful? So I think what's really important here is about chasing the feeling, okay? It doesn't matter if this is different from people close to you. You are completely unique. So up until this point, you may have been very guided by those around you to sort of tell you what you should enjoy doing. But ultimately, you are an individual and you have your own voice too. So go inwards and start to recognise what you enjoy and try to keep away from the shoulds. Notice what genuinely makes your heart sing, what lifts your energy and makes you feel like, yes, I would like to do that. That's what you want to be chasing more of. Number four, recognize that people pleasing is impossible to win at. You cannot please everyone all of the time. It's okay to say no. You do not have to feel guilty about taking care of yourself. In fact, When you look after yourself first, you can then make an active choice to be generous and kind to the people you care about. Then you can see, this is great, because then you can really be intentional with where you spread your energy. The guilt will come up, as it's probably rooted in childhood, but you can develop a different relationship with it. You can see it as people-pleasing guilt and a hangover from your old ways of coping. Remember that it is not a good path to tread when you're saying yes, but inwardly feeling anger and resentment. 
it's far better to say a wholehearted no and to be genuine in the relationship. And people really appreciate that as well. People really value authentic, genuine people. And I've really found that was my biggest fear. If I stop people pleasing, am I just going to be completely lonely and abandoned and have no one left? But actually, the relationships I have now, which include many of the relationships I had when I was still in the pleasing mode, but the more I've become more real, people have accepted me. My relationships are much stronger, much more real, much more authentic. And that's such a great feeling because when you feel that you're truly seen by other human beings, it is one of the most wonderful feelings. When you're showing up in the world in a very conditional way, you feel such a sense of disconnection to yourself and you will not be feeling good. Number five, put the blinkers on to comparisons. You know, if you're constantly evaluating yourself in relation to those around you and those on social media, you're likely to be kind of pleasing, twisting yourself to fit whatever you see as the kind of ideal of what you should be doing. And it also stops you appreciating the many qualities that you have. So put those blinkers on. And finally, create a positive diary. Practice gratitude. Every day, remember to appreciate the little things that you do. Notice daily the things that have gone well and the little victories you've achieved. Develop your inner world and inner muscle. It's so, so worth it. And just going back to saying that, you know, you have so much wisdom within you. That little voice within you will guide you and tell you what you need to do. And it's just daring to stop, daring to tune in, and in time as well, daring to trust. But the more you do that, when you are going against that kind of voice and what is right for you, you will really feel it and it will kind of grate. And it's not a good feeling, you know. So when I reduced my people-pleasing behaviours, I was so worried I would be rejected, I'd be alone. But in reality, I found that people liked my non-pleasing self. It was refreshing, real and authentic. So motivating, so in line with my values. Other people like to know where they are with you. Being honest and direct in communication with warmth and kindness improved my relationship significantly. And guess what? In 95% of those relationships, people could cope with the whole me. My people-pleasing was rooted in many outdated beliefs from perhaps relationships from the past, things that weren't serving me anymore. And if people don't approve and only like you for your people-pleasing self, then maybe this is a relationship that needs to be looked at. Perhaps you need some boundaries or limits in place. Perhaps you need to limit your interaction with that person. Perhaps you can talk about what's going on. So finding true acceptance and letting go of the fear of not being liked is an ongoing journey. It is well worth taking the risk to find out who you are though. And this is where you can really tap into your true happiness and joy. I really want to support anyone that's listening to this today and who's feeling stuck in people-pleasing behaviours, feeling stuck in feeling guilty, feeling stuck in directing all these emotions into eating disorder behaviours, that it's possible to change, that there is a life beyond people-pleasing and it is so worth taking the risk to be yourself because actually when you are stepping into this more powerful place where you're truly much more yourself, you just feel so much better. It's almost like everything falls more into alignment. You feel that you're stepping into your truth. You feel that your relationships are honest and real and genuine. You feel you can show up in the world. You're much more guided to do the things that you enjoy. All of that comes as well as that real authentic recovery rather than kind of a quasi recovery, which you might still feel very sort of restricted by rules, not only around food, but showing up in the world in a way that you feel that you have to, to be accepted. 
Anyway, that's all I have to say today. My voice did improve, I think, didn't it? But apologies for the bit of croakiness at the beginning. So if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps to get so many more listeners, reach so many more people. And thank you to everyone who sends me just lovely messages about this podcast. If you feel brave enough, please write me a review because it's just, it really helps it just get seen and the exposure increases globally to so many more people, which is truly incredible. Thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. 